Hello and welcome back to the Politics Unbox podcast. My name is Rhys and today we're going to be having a look at what the reaction has been to the Prime Minister's statement and the following sort of subsequent follow-ups from Dominic Raab, First Secretary and Foreign Secretary, uh, and also the Chancellor, Richie Sunak, and then other speeches from the Prime Minister. Uh, so this leads heavily on from the episode that was out last, episode 47 of the Coronavirus Newscast, uh, sorry, not Newscast, uh, Updates Podcast, okay. <laughs> my podcast's confused with some other widely reported on podcasts, uh, but this one leads in for episode 47, so if you haven't listened to that one, please do go back and have a look, um, it should be on the same place as wherever you're finding this, but um, basically this will be a chance to have a look at what different people have been thinking about the advice from the Prime Minister, what the different leaders in the home nations have been doing, um, and sort of having a look at the general reaction to the Prime Minister's statement. Um, I suppose the first thing to say really is that there has been a fairly mixed bag on what people have been thinking about this, um, well, about this particular section. Uh, some people have called it um, some sort of defence of the, the billionaires. I've been seeing things up on, um, I believe it was uh, a socialist Labour page, um, something like save the billionaires, go back to work, uh, protect our jobs. Um, and then... They've got people on the on the right saying this is absolutely the right thing to do, and anyone who isn't, um, well, anyone who isn't getting behind what the prime minister is saying, um, isn't helping the national effort. And there are, well, there's a lot of different voices coming out on here. So I wanted to try and have a look and try and distill those arguments into, um, hopefully, things that make a little bit more sense than just this confused shouting from all sides that we seem to be getting at the moment, which is not helpful to anyone. Let's be clear. Um, Well, the speech has been labelled as confusing by some and common sense by others. So already we're seeing these these differences of opinion. But this this speech, which essentially is saying it's not the end of the lockdown, but it's announcing these these phased steps for it does leave lacking areas of clarity. There are areas in this speech which are potentially, if you were looking at this with a cynical mind, deliberately ambiguous um, or just requiring extra clarification from people uh, such as the First Secretary of State or the Chancellor. Um, one of those would be in the in the speech and the subsequent speeches to the House of Commons uh, and indeed in the, the press conferences, the Prime Minister says that you can now meet... Uh, as this is coming out on Wednesday, you can now meet with one person or person individually from outside your house bubble unit, um, whatever, uh, if you are meeting in a pair. So one person from one household can meet in a socially distanced manner in a public place with one person from another household. Now, the obvious question there is, is it limited to just the one person? So if I as an individual were to go out and meet one person, could I then go on to meet um, a second person individually? And we are missing some clarity on that. Um, we know that we can meet individual people, but there there isn't any definitive guidance on whether you can go off and meet 10 people 
all individually. So someone at one o'clock, someone at quarter past, someone at half, whatever. Um, we don't have the guidance on that yet, which means that some people are going to take it as, well, I can only see one person, and inevitably other people are going to take it as, well, I can now see all the people I've wanted to speak to just one by one, which then leaves, um, essentially, uh, a sticky situation wherein, instead of just expanding the bubble by one, you expanded it by ten, and now everyone else has come into contact um, with that one person as well, which is a concern. Because if we are widening these these bubbles too fast, then we risk a second rate of infection. And already we're seeing um, greater uh, urgency from from people like um, well from the devolved administrations to say, well, no, this this ambiguity is not good, and it could lead to this second peak that we are all uh, dreading. And if it does come, it will be a, a horrible, horrible moment. Um, as I've just been on the subject of the the other areas of the home nations, uh, we have seen over the last couple of days that all three of the other nations of the United Kingdom, as in Northern Ireland, Wales and Scotland, have chosen to ignore this new advice from the Prime Minister, essentially. Um, in Wales, there has been some lifting uh, involving... Um, increased outdoor exercise in scotland there's been increased outdoor exercise but all three of the uh, devolved administrations in the united kingdom um, have chosen not to use the stay alert message they've all chosen to use the stay at home message or rather to keep the stay at home message because they fear muddling the water and risking a second wave um it's it says something when the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom had to make his entire speech on on Sunday, essentially as the Prime Minister of England. There there were not many measures taken or announced in that speech wherein the Prime Minister could actually speak on behalf of the entirety of the United Kingdom. Um, and that is a cause for concern of well when the, the the prime minister is essentially publicizing information that is contrary to what is the information in other areas and the first minister of scotland nicola sturgeon was particularly vocal in her opposition to the prime minister running the advertising campaigns in scotland on the stay alert message and indeed wanted the prime minister to be far clearer on what the the limitations of this message actually were, i.e. it does not um, count, or it is not applicable in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. Uh, these new measures will gradually be relaxed. Um, these new measures will slowly be eroding away. And there are people who are worried that if the government is not there to oversee it in the 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 way it has been previously with its um, religiously on message uh, sort of ministers with everyone singing from the same hymn sheet, then there is a risk of of muddying the water and allowing um, something to to bubble up uh, and and potentially overtake the NHS in a second wave, and it is. It is concerning that there has been 
such unilateral rejection of the Prime Minister's statements from the other devolved administrations. Um, now, I hope that the Prime Minister has got this timing right. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen the scientific evidence. It could be that he's right and the other three leaders are wrong. And like I said, I really hope that the Prime Minister has got this timing right. And I hope that it's the right strategy. I hope that this message is able to be conveyed in a, in a way that is sensible and in a way that keeps people following the lockdown. But we already knew, um, A, this lockdown was not as strict as it could have been made. Um, whatever the Prime Minister said, this was not a full lockdown beforehand. The full lockdown was Italy and France, where you needed permits to go outside. This was nowhere near full lockdown. There weren't police cars on every corner to try and catch you if you were on your, your second run of the day. Some police forces will be accused of overstepping their mark, even in this, this limited lockdown, maybe Derbyshire for the use of their drone. Um, this is nowhere near full lockdown. Um, and if we were still seeing a steady trickle of cases, which... Let's be honest, the incubation period for COVID-19 is 14 days. We shouldn't be seeing new cases if people are sticking to the full measures because we've been in lockdown now or in this, this type of lockdown for seven weeks until the Prime Minister pulled us out of it um, or started to put us out of it. So if people aren't following the stay-at-home message and this message is more ambiguous, we could be in trouble here. Now, in the Prime Minister's announcement, there were some bits of news on going back to work and that those people who can't work from home should travel to their work if it is open um, but they should avoid public transport and walk cycle or drive if possible um, those people who do use public transport should wear face coverings and expect social distance queuing except the guidelines for people going back to work weren't made public until after at least a full day where people have been encouraged back to work. So we could have had a situation where employers were expecting people back into work um, and they are they are not able to get into work safely. Now the Prime Minister will say that he would not encourage anyone back into work um, under unsafe conditions, but who's the judge of what the unsafe conditions are? If, uh, if the employer deems the conditions safe, Will the government stand up for workers who don't want to go into work because they don't uh, they don't feel safe despite their employer deeming the conditions safe? Um, this is why a lot of, of of unions have been very vocal in the last couple of days. They're mentioning Section 44 of the Employment Rights Act 1996, which um, does uh, make some provisions for workers refusing to come to work on certain grounds, one of them being public health. Um, but there has been... A lack of clarity from the government on how far they're willing to go to either oversee the social distancing measures um, or to, to stand up for workers who refuse to go into work because of a lack of social distancing measures. And some people will say, well, social distancing measures, they, they are just common sense. If they were common sense, we wouldn't have needed to have them prescribed to us by a government over the last seven weeks. If they were common sense, people would possibly even have been doing them um, just because the coronavirus exists and not because they're being told to because of a government public health campaign. Um, and if they're common sense, then we wouldn't be even having this conversation. If if we thought that all employers were to unilaterally, unilaterally employ all of these social distancing regulations and we could um, 
quantifiably prove that all employers were, were putting these in because it's just the common sense thing to do, and it is probably the common sense thing to do, then we would have no problem with everyone uh, returning to work under socially distanced measures. But it's because we can't be sure and we can't have quantifiable proof that this ambiguity is less than helpful. And by less than helpful, I mean possibly catastrophic. Um, and that point was raised by Keir Starmer in his address um, on, when was it, I believe it was Monday he made his, his address to to the nation uh, in his response to the Prime Minister's statement. Um, politically, I hate to bring politics into it, but unfortunately that's the name of my podcast, um, Politics Unboxed, and so there are always political angles to this. There are, are rumours circulating that the Prime Minister is playing this politically, um, far be it from me to call into question the morals of the Prime Minister. Uh, again, I hope that this is not a political move to try and deflect away from the government's handling of this crisis and now putting it onto the people, saying um, he did say this a lot in the uh, in the press conference on uh, on Monday after his statement in the House. Um, he said it's a lot that the, the people understand, the people know, and therefore some people have extended that to say that Therefore, by definition, if it goes wrong here, it's the people's fault for not understanding the message clear enough. Now, I hope, and at the moment I don't think that that is the government's intention, uh, and I don't think they could get away with that sort of absolving of responsibility, or rather dodging of responsibility. Um, but if that is what they were aiming for, then that is shameful. Um and there is a trap laid in if we follow this particular narrative across for leaders of the opposition by saying uh, we should be going back to the stay-at-home message. Then they play into a narrative of saying, well, the people can't be trusted because they don't understand. And therefore they can be played into a corner wherein um, these people uh, or the, the leaders of these parties are then painted as people who, who don't trust the British public and don't think they are intellectually up, intellectually up to it. And so it is very much a rock and a hard place. And um, again, I, I don't envy the Prime Minister in this this gargantuan task, which is um, this is definitely a, a tough task for any any Prime Minister. And as always, I wish the Prime Minister incredibly well in handling this, because again, if if he fails, then we will all face the consequences. Um, and I just hope that this is all for public health and all at the right time and not for the preservation of what seems to be a politically ailing party. Um, now, I did say I would mention the Chancellor. And yesterday, on Tuesday, the Chancellor announced that the furlough scheme would be extended by four months. Uh, the UK scheme to pay wages of workers on leave because of coronavirus has been extended to October, uh, which will continue to be 80% of their monthly wages up to two and a half grand. Um, but that won't be 80% all the way through to October. The government will ask companies to start sharing the cost, quote there, start sharing the cost of the scheme from August. This covers about seven and a half million people, costing about £14 billion a month. Um, the Treasury can't afford that until October. It would be farcical. Um, Sources have said, and this is coming from the BBC here, that the Treasury expects to be paying more than half of the cost between August and October. Um, but as we're still seeing job losses, um, we're still seeing redundancies, we're still seeing uh, people um, people not 
getting added to the the furlough scheme uh, we're, we're still seeing gaps and people falling through the net this extension is is worth it and i i i hope that this has been um, fully fully thought through and that there will be an adequate transition from furlough back to full employment um, we do need this support from the government businesses do need this support from the government because if there is no income um, it will be harder to restart normal business practice once um, once this pandemic is finished right then that is all the time we have for today on the Politics Unbox podcast. Uh, I want to thank you very much for listening. I hope to see you all around again soon for the next one. Uh, this will probably be a US special next because uh, there's been a lot of developments. Uh, it may even be later today. I don't know when I'm going to be releasing them. Uh, but that is all for today. Uh, thanks very much. See you all again soon and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>